Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 74 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. I'm joined with Justin Rosario, my uh, esteemed colleague over here. Bob is... um, Bob is on sabbatical at the moment. Bob is launching his own, a, a new podcast with Mary Trump uh, about Star Trek, I believe. So we're going to post a link to that in the um, on our, on the newsletter. So please go and check that out. Like, really happy for Bob. That's a pretty cool thing to do. Uh, he'll be joining us in the future, um, but he's taken a few weeks off while he sorts this out. This is obviously a big endeavor. Justin, you're a Star Trek nerd as well, so I'm sure you're going to be listening to that. Yes, I am a massive Star Trek nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am secretly a, a, a nerd, but like my my wife really is not. So <gasps> if I try to watch nerdy things, she's like, "This is really you're you're a super nerd." So we, uh, <laughs> I have to turn it off. <laughs> I corrupted Debbie over years. She wasn't into sci-fi. But I've slowly, I've slowly uh, corrupted her. Yeah, I haven't really, I haven't had the energy to wage that war yet, uh, but I will. Uh, I think as I get older, I get more into that kind of stuff. Um, so you know, I'll, I'll try. I've got, I've got, you know, hopefully, I've got some time to work on it. Um, but anyway, it's good to be back. We were not there uh, last week. Um, I've been having more health issues. Unfortunately, I've had, uh, had an, an iron infusion uh, two weeks ago that had some very, very, very bad side effects. So I've been struggling mightily with that. Uh, but I feel somewhat human today, so this is uh, why we are recording a podcast. Um, yeah, uh, anybody uh, struggling with any health concerns at the moment, uh, I, I feel your pain. Um, I, I wish everyone the, the best. Uh, I feel like you, you really get to understand what people dealing with like chronic illness go through. Um, given my experience now, so uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> it's like a, a real eye opener. Um, Jesus, I keep helping Anastasia doesn't have to deal with this. I know she's got anemia, but not nearly as bad as you do, apparently. Yeah, I mean, the iron infusion was was dreadful, absolutely dreadful, um, worse than anemia. So, <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm I feel tentatively a little bit better today. So anyway, I'm I'm up for a I'm up for a good podcast. I'm up for some good banter. Uh, but so we've got a, we do have a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about obviously big news this week. Trump moron. Um, has uh, incriminated himself with classified documents. We have uh, Joe Biden fell over. Joe Biden fell over. This is another huge, incredibly important story. That he oh yes, very dramatic, yeah, very dramatic. Tripped over some cables and is absolutely fine. But according to the right, this is means he must resign immediately. Um, we'll talk about that. We also have uh, no, no, that's not very big news. But we have the debt ceiling. The debt ceiling uh, negotiations have ended. And we're going to talk about that. What did Biden get? How bad is this for the GOP? How bad is this for the Democrats? We have some thoughts on this. We have uh, some very good news as well. Um, Justin, you have the numbers. Uh, we'll oh, talk about that. 
We can talk about that. Then we are going to be going to our both sides. But look, without further ado, let's get going. Justin, this week was a great one if you think that Trump is an evil bastard who should be in jail. Uh, because that looks... I'm not I'm not going to say that it, it... You know, I've been saying this for years now. You know, oh, look, the doors are closing in. It must be... Um, <laughs> it must be the walls are closing in. It must be the end of Trump. We've said this many times before. But this does look pretty bad. This is spectacularly bad. Like phenomenal. How bad? How bad? bad on a scale of one? To, on a scale of one to one to ten? How bad? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with twenty. His whole thing, his entire defense was he he declassified everything. There were no classified documents because he was president and he could declassify them. So you can't say that he stole classified documents because they weren't classified. Blah blah blah. That's literally he was his entire defense was that. Except <laughs> there's now tapes, multiple tapes from multiple sources of him waving around a classified document. At least we don't know. It's, we don't know he actually had it in his hand, but you hear paper. You hear him waving paper around. So presumably, you know, either he was holding the paper or he was pretending he was holding the paper. Kind of like um, Alex Jones. Like, I got the document right here. Documents. Here are the documents. But um, and saying on tape to multiple report not reporters um well i guess they were reporters they were they these were guys who were writing um mark meadows um biography or whatever his book was but he so these are these are like journalist types okay so it's not like they were just randos off the street so they have him recorded bragging that he had these classified documents about attack plans war plans about attacking iran and, you know, he'd love to show them, but he didn't declassify them when he was president. And, you know, he's not president anymore, so he can't declassify them. And that's it. That's 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 it right there. He just opened. He said it and he might he wanted to make sure people heard him because he knew he was being recorded. It wasn't like they were secretly recording him. And he's like, oh, I can't believe they were. He knew they were recording him because he wanted to talk to them because. Trump's a publicity whore. He he needs people to pay attention to him and record every word he says because he's so important. He literally said that they were not classified, uh, they were not declassified, and he couldn't declassify them anymore because he wasn't president and he hated he had not declassified them when he was president and had that ability to do so. And that is the end of his defense. He can't he, that's it. He, he, what's he going to say? Oh, I was lying. I was faking. That doesn't make any sense. It's done, which means when they pull him up on espionage charges. Now, remember, espionage does not have to be taking classified information and sending it to a foreign country. It could be me taking it home and showing it to Debbie, my wife. She does not have uh, clearance to see that info. Actually, she has a top. Actually, she has top secret clear. She can show me shit. She's, like, she's allowed to see shit I'm not allowed to see. But if I were to show her something she's not allowed to see, that's espionage. That's it. That's that's the definition. That is the legal definition. It doesn't have to be transmitted to a hostile foreign country or even a, an allied foreign country. It just has to be shown to someone who does not have clearance. And that's what he was doing. Because he's a moron and he did it on tape. Because he's an idiot. So... He's yeah, I mean, fucked. It, it, it seems to me that this this 
clearly violates the Espionage Act. I mean, I'm no, I'm not a lawyer, right? I obviously want to make clear that I'm not a lawyer, but I don't, I, I don't see how you argue your way out of this. What is the defense? What would be a what, what, what could be a, a potential defense? What, what oh, he was just, he was just showing off. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he doesn't. You don't have to take money for espionage. Mm. It doesn't have to be for money. It doesn't have to be for favors. It doesn't have to be for anything. You could just do it because you thought it would be funny to do it. It's still espionage. It's still, yeah. And it doesn't, there's no, there's no precondition to why you did it. You just have to do it. I mean, even the, like the, the the New York Daily News, which is a sort of a Trump, you know, this is a right wing newspaper. I mean, well, the they're post, talking. The about... Post is not the news. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, the post. But I mean, okay, uh, it does seem to be the general consensus amongst the press in the press, from what I've read, that this is pretty bad. This is it's, this is it's really his own bad. voice. It's him saying, literally, "I know I'm breaking the law." But I'm doing it anyway because I'm fucking Trump and I can get away with it because I'm Trump. And that is not how that works. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, here we are. Sorry, the New York Post. The New York Post. Uh, wrong piece. Yeah, the New York Post has, has talked about it as well. The New York Post didn't even bother um, trying to defend it. Um, yeah, so I think everybody seems to know. Uh, <laughs> everybody seems to know how bad this is. Um, yeah, I uh, maybe jail time or maybe some sort of you know uh like i don't know if he'll go legal to, like jail jail but in house arrest i don't know how that works for an ex-president like i don't know if they'll put an ex-president in jail with secret service I, I don't know how that works but he's they can't just give him a slap on the wrist and said we don't like what you did there has to be you're guilty under house arrest you know like you can't leave your apartment or whatever ankle monitor uh, it's got to be something he's got to be he's got to face some kind of confinement he just has to right and and i mean they the fact that his attorneys um have reached out to merrick garland they're desperate for a meeting with merrick garland i'll bet they are because <laughs> right 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 right. and i think merrick Garland. I, i'm not sure i think he's rebuffed them uh, from what oh I no, understand. he did. He said, "Yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're not. We're not having a meeting. Thanks. Have a nice day." Which is, you can kind of see him freaking out. I think. I, I, I think there's this sort of um, now this feeling that Trump really is starting to understand that he he isn't protected in the same way that he was while he was president, right? That he he, he really is. He really is in deep legal trouble. I mean. You know, last last week, uh, E. Jean Carroll, uh, I think E. Jean Carroll was suing him again, right? Obviously, this is a civil She's not suing him again. She's trying, well, not trying, well, she's trying, but she's got, She's asking the judge because she already won the case and she's asking the judge, it's like, listen, you, you just assigned damages and he went and did it again. Make the damages larger because he's still doing it. And since the damages haven't actually been dealt with yet, well, just tack this onto it as opposed to going through a whole next, uh, no, whole nother trial. And there's a very good possibility just going to be like, yeah, okay, whap, and slap on another five, ten million dollars because Trump just can't shut his fucking mouth. Right. And, and I feel like the fi you know, financially punitive measures are that this hurts Trump, right? This does, you know, he has to pay for his mistakes, you know, he, but, but he's, he's lived consequent free. So, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like this is you know, it's like a race, right, from, from here to twenty twenty four. 
um, for him to build a presidential campaign or go to jail? Like, which one is what's what's it going to be? You know, <laughs> where does he? Uh, are we going to see? Are we going to see a full fledged presidential campaign emerge? Um, that you know that's going to be powerful enough to basically you know it uh, my my sense is that if he wins the GOP primary um and he gets the DNC the uh, RNC behind him which they will they'll fall in behind him oh yeah um, of course my my guess is then he'll get more protection right he can start to move things behind the scenes and um the RNC is still a very very powerful organization obviously and i think he'll get some level of protection if that happens but if they can get to him before, if the if the legal walls close in on him before this, uh, there's a good chance we're going to see a little Donny boy um, uh, in handcuffs. Well, my concern is that if he become if he becomes the nominee, it's going to be the nastiest, most violent election of our lifetimes because he has to win. Yes. Or he's going to get the handcuffs, which means mm. he's going to order his people to do anything possible to make sure that he wins. He's going to have his he's going to have his brown shirts out there or he's, he's going to try to have his brown shirts out there terrorizing election workers, physically assaulting election workers to keep them from doing their jobs in states that he needs to win. It's mm. like battleground states are going to turn into physical battlegrounds because he needs it. He needs that level of violence and chaos in order to keep people from voting. Like he, he's going to have to do that. And since the right is so enamored with political violence now, I don't see why they wouldn't because they love Trump and they love a strong man. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping I mean... that's not what happens, but Jesus. It could. And I, but I also, I also think. That there is an appetite there across the political aisle to get rid of this guy. Um, you know that I think the Republican Party secretly wishes this guy would go away. That the that they that, 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 not uh, that secretly. <laughs> yeah, no, right, right, right. I mean, you know, DeSantis is beginning to punch back a bit. You know, he's not um, he he's not going to go down without a bit of a fight. I think uh, like it does seem like he's, you know, uh, he's answering oh, let back. Let them bloody themselves up. Yeah, great. Go at it. Have, have, have at it, right? I mean, look, so, you know, mo moving on um, to the, the debt ceiling deal, which we just had. I mean, I think this is, again, another example yes. of Biden. Yeah, it's great, right? I, I think Biden uh, allowing everybody else to punch themselves out while he stays relatively quiet and notches a big win. Because uh, I think this was, right? He got He got a very good deal out of this. He got a very good deal out of the debt ceiling um, negotiations. Didn't brag about it. Um, let the let Kevin McCarthy whine and complain and brag and uh, and then basically got the victory. Yep. Right. This was this was uh, I think another sort of example of of you know age and experience um, and the fact that he's in control of a um, a sane party rather than a cabal of screaming monkeys. And it makes yeah. sense for Biden to um to 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 let um, McCarthy, you know, take a victory lap, even though it wasn't really that much of a victory for him. Because I mean, not for nothing, he still has to work with this guy for the next year and change. Right, right. He still has to deal with him. He's in charge of the House. Republicans won the House, and you have to deal with them. So there's no point in um in Biden 
antagonizing the shit out of him just to uh, score some political points. It's not it's not worth the aggravation down the road. You mm. know, he got Biden got what he needed out of this. He got mm. the debt ceiling raised for two years. Right. So mm. now it's past the election. So now we're not going to have to do this shit again in a year. So thank fucking God for that. Um, the cuts were not dramatic and they weren't they weren't nearly nearly not even a fraction of what republicans wanted in the first place they were talking about how they're going to slash social security they're going to kill medicare they're going to slash medicare yeah, they didn't get any of that they, they didn't get of any of that mm. um they, they they hurt some people they're going to hurt people on food stamps but there's other people who are going to be in food stamps who are going to get a, a better deal out of it so it's a bit of a wash like republicans mm. so there's a bunch of republicans who were openly complaining that it wasn't more it wasn't more cruel there wasn't more cruelty with the food stamps cut. So it's like, okay, well, there you go. Um, mm. And it, it just wasn't huge cuts across the board, which is, I mean, it, what it ended up being was more or less what you would have gotten in a regular budget deal, except they used the debt ceiling to make it happen now. Now, here's the, there's two things I, I, I wanted to bring up. One, the people who are angriest about this, the people who are most enraged about this, the far right, of course, and the alt left, and that tells you exactly what you need to know about this deal. They yeah. wanted this to be an economic fucking collapse. They wanted the debt ceiling to be breached because that would have hurt Biden going into the 2024 election. That's what they wanted, and they're fucking furious. That this did. I mean, the fucking Republicans have been going out and actually saying this in front of cameras, which is amazing that they're actually saying it out loud. That they, because the fact that it's pushed back now past the election, they wanted to use this again next year for the election because they want that economic chaos. So the all left and the uh, far right are complaining about this because they needed it. And now they don't have it and they're fucking furious about it. And the second thing, now I'd written an article, right, about. Um, the debt ceiling and the government shutdown because they're going to have two shots at this. The government shutdown, I don't know if you if you read about it, but it's become much less likely now because of the debt ceiling deal. Mm. They, they put something in the debt ceiling deal to make a government shutdown in September or the end of September much, much less likely, which I am fucking thrilled about. Thrilled because, again – for our listeners who are not aware of this, my wife works in the federal government and I would really like for her to not have to stop working and not get a paycheck again. Like we did back. What was it? Four years ago. I don't know. It was insane. She was out of work for six weeks and it was terrible. And we ended up at, um, you know, on food lines. And I would really like not to do that again ever in my life, but they put in a provision, which we're going to start hearing about that as we get closer to September. Um, they're going to start making a big deal about it where if they do not, if they don't pass all 12 spending bills, right, there's 12 different spending bills coming up. Um, if they don't pass all of them, there's going to be an across the board cut mandatory on pretty much everything, stuff that Republicans don't want to cut and stuff that Democrats don't want to cut. So basically they put a gun to Congress's head and said, if you don't do this, you're all going to fucking regret it which makes mm. it much more likely that they're going to actually do the spending bill without, you know, listening to the MAGA Republicans who do want to do a government shutdown. They're going to be like, yeah, we're not doing that. So I am fucking thrilled that this is happening. 
And I'm thrilled that Biden's going to be signing that bill sometime in the next 24 to 48 hours. Super excited about this. As of Friday, we're recording this on Friday. So by Sunday, when you're hearing this, they probably he's probably resigned it. And I'm dancing in the street and having lobster for dinner at that night. So, <laughs> yes. So, look, I think, you know, this is another win for Biden. I mean, look, let's talk about Biden's week this week, right? He he fell over, right? He got sandbagged, but um, he, was his, that was his joke. <laughs> but he, 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 he fell over, and the Republicans are obviously like Twitter is, is uh, a light and uh, awash with all these memes um, about Biden falling over and uh, how this is, you know, he's too old to be president. The funny thing is, though, he got this debt ceiling deal passed uh right and he's just the, the jobs report numbers justin can yes. i can i uh this is, you've been so itching good. to talk about this as well so good yes uh so uh, before we even talk about the, that but just remember the biden tripping and getting back up and this is we're talking about too old trump is the guy who can't walk down stairs or ramps without someone holding his hand so right you know we want to talk about too old please spare yes me. of course of course, but um, but but I'm saying that when you know the fact that he fell over this week, uh, but also managed to notch all these big victories, have um, the, the debt ceiling deal passed, and this like fantastic jobs report. The numbers, please, Justin. Yes, economists predicted uh, 180,000 jobs, but we ended up with 339,000 jobs, which is not quite double, but it's very very close, which is a huge number. Um, right. Unemployment and, ticked up a bit, but uh, it didn't say why. I mean, clear. I mean, people like the tech industry is getting slammed really hard, but mm. everyone else seems to be doing pretty good. Right. And 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 here's the thing. <clears throat> here's the thing is, I, this is why I, I tweeted out after the whole Biden falling over. Uh, I tweeted out that yeah, Biden fell over, but he's still going to smash Trump in 2024. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, he could trip over. He can trip over the uh, smoking remains of uh, Trump's campaign. So. Right, and this is I think, <laughs> on his way back to the White House. I I see all of this playing into Biden's hands personally. I see all of this playing into Biden's hands. I wrote a piece about this uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. You underestimate this guy at your peril. Yeah, I mean, the more the, the right talks about him being old and weak and frail and incapable, like can't string a sentence together. Uh, his presidency is over, etc., etc., etc. The 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 better he does, right? Because the expectations are so low. The Republicans did all this. The media did this back in 2020, right? I remember them talking about uh, the debates and they were saying, <clears throat> this is going to be, I think Joe Rogan was talking about it, about how it was going to be a massacre that Trump was going to destroy Biden because Joe Joe Rogan, um, God bless his soul, is, is <clears throat> completely prone to right-wing conspiracy theories circulating Twitter. So he'd read in, he'd watched all the memes on uh, on Twitter, uh, all, all the carefully spliced footage of Biden, you know, um, making gaffes and tripping, stumbling or whatever it was. And basically thought in his mind that this was going to be a total domination. And then the opposite happened, right? The opposite happened. Biden won every single debate, right? It wasn't even close. The first one, Trump came out like a raging asshole, uh, wouldn't let Biden speak, which made Biden look, you know, much more presidential, much more dignified. Um, <clears throat> and then the next two were just, yeah, Biden beat Biden performed better, and everyone's like, well, that's shocking. You know, what's happened? Why has Biden come back? How has he come back to life? Like I thought the guy was dead. So 
I, you know, I, I see all of this playing into his hands again. I, I just cannot understand uh, this media obsession with his age and how he must be senile and how he can't string a sentence together when he's shown over and over and over again, this just isn't true. He's doing like, you know, he's doing, he's passing bills. Um, he's traveling around the world. He's traveling around the country. He's engaging in sort of very intense high level negotiations with, you know, with the, with the Republican party and winning. So keep underestimating him is what I say. Keep going. I think yeah, this is, this, this is, is great. This is not the this is not what they did with Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin had the bigotry of low expectations, mm. right? Where if she didn't swallow her tongue on stage, it was hailed as a victory. Mm. Right? And that cuz that's what happened in her debate, in her vice presidential debate. She didn't she didn't like, you know, just shit herself on stage. So they were like, "Oh my god, she did fantastic." It's like, "No, she really didn't actually. She just didn't choke." That's not doing well. That's just mm. not dying on stage. That's not what they're doing here. They're just assuming that Biden's going to do poorly, then he does really well, right? It's not that he doesn't do badly. It, he does really well, and they're stunned that he's doing really well. It's like, okay, keep doing that, guys. Keep it up. Yeah. It's been three years now that you've been – two and a half years now, plus his, uh, plus his um, campaign. Keep going. Keep going. Just keep doing that. I just can't understand it. I mean, I, I genuinely can't understand it. And then I get accused of being, you're just, you know, pro-Biden. No, well, I no. Mean, the press hates him. Right. They, they right. hate him because he's boring. He's not exciting. He doesn't deliver a scandal. I mean, we're, what what's the Biden scandal? Has there been one yet? No. Hunter Biden, Justin. Hunter Biden. Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, look, you know, I... I never, I was never a Biden supporter in the first place. Like I, I never disliked the guy or didn't, you know. Thought yeah, he I didn't give that ass. I was for Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really care. I was, I was completely in the 2020 election. I was like, you know, whoever wins, I genuinely don't care this time. I will get behind Bernie Sanders. I will get behind anybody. Um, it doesn't matter. Whoever wins, whoever can build a broad enough coalition, has got my unwavering support. And it happens to be Biden. You know, and I didn't expect, I, to be honest with you, I didn't expect a huge amount out, out of the Biden administration when he got into power. I really didn't. I did think he was quite weak going in. Uh, you know, I didn't think that he would um, perform in the way that he has done. And he, but he's before, he's defied all expectations. Yeah, seriously, I was, wait, I was hoping for four years of not fascism. That's what right, I was hoping exactly. for. <laughs> and, we've got, um, and we've got that and more. And I just, I think you have to be disingenuous. If you're... If you don't see that, you're being disingenuous. If you don't um, acknowledge his wins, right? The, the, like stunning victories. I mean, you know, it's deal after deal after deal, right? Like massive infrastructure projects, um, you know, pulling NATO together, like basically rallying the entire globe against Putin, um, expanding Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, student debt relief. I mean, you, the list goes on and on and on and on and on, right? Massive, like, sweeping changes to, to, to government, right? The EPA, for example. I mean, the EPA is now being staffed with competent people um, and they are doing a, you know, I, I know people who are in the EPA and they said the, the place has changed completely. Um, but obviously the press, it's not like a sexy topic, right? So people don't talk about it that much. Right. Um, but you know, uh, stringent regulations are being passed for emissions and for uh, you know farming and agriculture and rivers and th these things that don't get talked about, right? But 
he's doing all of this stuff. So anyway, look, I don't want to keep banging on about this, but it does it, it, it perplexes me no end the the hate this guy this guy gets at, from the left too. Um, but look. Oh. Okay, you're right. yeah, no, you're right. Never mind. I'm never going to get into it because it'll just make another 20 minutes to be screaming about these people. But, <laughs> well, look. but, but just one thing, one thing though, that we have to do keep in mind the fact yeah. that they hate him, but they can't find a way to make it personal. Like with Obama, you know, they just made it into racism. With Hillary yeah. Clinton, they made it into sexism. You know, as, as much as I, as much as it sucks, the fact that Biden is a white guy just strips away all of their usual tools and they can't find a way to make the hatred personal for Biden, which is why they're having such a hard time. Cause it's like, it's Biden. He's been in the, he's been in the government for like 40 something years. It's like, yeah. Okay. Who, how are you going to turn him into, you know, Satan? He's been there for so long. What are you talking about? That's what their problem was in 2020, and that's going to be their problem in 2024. You can't turn someone into Satan who's been there for so long. He's he's been in Congress longer than I've been alive. Right. So it's like, what are you what are you even talking about at this point? You can't say he's like some crazed, rabid socialist. It's like it's Joe Biden. No, he's not. Are you stupid? So all their usual attacks don't work on him, which is why they that's why Republicans hate him so much, because their usual tactics aren't working. Yeah, so, and he's just well he's well liked within in you know in, in politics like across the aisle. Like, right. no, like people don't have bad words to say about him. I mean, I don't want to go on another tangent, but it was like this. I wrote a piece this week about the, the Tara Reed, uh, you know, the Tara Reed defecting to Russia. You mean Cabra Tara? Uh, which was yeah, which was like the least surprising news ever. But oh my god, I fucking died. This, 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 there was, was a my ass off. So there was a there was one part of the story right that came. Tara Reid obviously accused Biden of sexually assaulting her in the Senate. Um, in uh, I think it was in the nineties, right? Yeah, it was in the nineties. Um, and she claimed she made an official complaint. She lodged a, a formal complaint with the with the Senate. And spoke to several members of Biden's, uh, I think, you know, Senate team at the time. And, um, you know, obviously these people were interviewed. They checked the Senate records and they interviewed the people who uh, Reid claimed she spoke to. Uh, no record existed. And um, you know, Biden's team said, no, don't remember her, never had that conversation. It would have been, it would have been a very memorable conversation given Biden's reputation as a good guy. You know, everybody knew who the bad people were. Everybody knew who the womanizers and the, and the, and the kind of uh, perverts were back in those days. And by, by it, Biden was known. He wasn't at the kind of, you know, he wasn't going to uh, seedy bars or, or um, clubs late at night with, with um, other politicians. He was going home. Right, he was going home to his family. He was always known for like running to get to catch the train. The idea that he would sexually assault someone in the middle of the Senate, um, one off, no other accusations against Biden ever. Uh, this woman who changed her story multiple times, just sort of, sort of ridiculous. But it just goes to show that, like, he, the guy is like a well-known. Even if you don't agree with his politics, right? Like a lot of, I, I get that. You don't agree with him ideologically. That's fine. But just accept, you, you've got to accept that he's, he's not a bad person. Right. right. He's not a bad guy. I think this it's very, very clear. And Republicans keep trying to make him into this 
bad guy and it's i don't know it's they it's kind of sad it really is sad it shows you how desperate they are yeah i mean it's just some people that i mean if they came out and said oh yeah mitt romney has raped 10 women it would be like really mitt romney that doesn't sound like mitt romney I've never heard anything like that about Mitt Romney. Yeah, and say what about about Romney, right? Like, I don't agree with Mitt Romney. Well, actually, I agree with him more more than I do with most other Republicans. But I think it's sort of well known that he's not a bad person. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a billionaire scumbag, but he's not morally that kind of person. You know? Yeah, he's he's just a... Yeah, he's he's a rich Republican. I mean, look, you know, he... He uh, voted to impeach Trump twice. Um, you know, he marched with Black Lives Matter. Uh, he, you know, do I like Mitt Romney? No, I would, but I would gladly, I would gladly take him over any other Republican, most other Republicans, particularly Trump. You know? Right. And I, I think, yeah, it's clear. Like the guy, he's not like a sexual deviant. Right. And that you was know? always the thing about the P tape. You believed it because it sounds like something Trump would do. He's, he's right. It sounds exactly like something Trump would do, of course. Because he's that. Um, it's that fits in his character. So right, he he is known to be uh, a deeply immoral, unpleasant sociopath. Like everybody knows that. You know, it's not it's not news. So, but and Biden is the opposite. Well, look, exactly. listen. Let, let's move on. We've got our both sides. You have a you have a particularly uh, pleasant individual for our both sides segment this this week. Um. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this a bit. I know a lot of teachers. Like, I know a lot of teachers. Okay? My sister-in-law is a teacher. Um, her, one of her daughters is a teacher. Her other daughter, my, you know, her, my niece is a teacher. My other niece, her best friend is a teacher. Like, we're close with them. Um, my next-door neighbor, Claudia, right? My best friend, she's a teacher. A bunch of my other friends, they're teachers. I spent a huge amount of time when I was president of the PTA for a very long five years, I spent a huge amount of time in my kids' school, and I got to know a lot of the teachers. I spent a huge amount of time with them, okay? I know a lot of teachers, and I'm friends with them. I'm, like they, I worked with them. I'm very familiar with teachers, and they work really, really hard. It is a hard fucking job, okay? Even, even you know, in... In good schools, in bad schools, it is a hard fucking job. Okay. So here comes, you know, Senator Tommy Tuberville, our dickhead. And he decided he was going to whine during an interview with Trump about inner city teachers. So this dickhead said out loud, okay, the COVID, the COVID, who says the COVID? The COVID really brought it out how bad our schools are and how bad our teachers are in the inner city. So fuck him right there with his dog whistle. Most of them in the inner city, I don't know how they got their degrees. Uh, this is from Alabama.com. Uh, I don't know where they I don't know whether they can read and write. They just want to raise. They want less time to work, less time at school. It's just We've ruined work ethic in this country. We don't work at it anymore. We push an easy life. This is the guy who said out loud, okay, that the three branches of government are the House, the Senate, and executive. Okay, so he's he's the last person to talk about someone else's intelligence. But this is so fucking offensive to teachers who work more in a week than he works in a year. Right? He's like, less time in school? 
I don't know a single teacher that doesn't work outside of school. Like when they come home, they still spend hours working because you can't get there's all the shit you have to do to get ready for the next day. They have to get their lessons planned ready. They talk to parents all the time. They have to do report cards and it takes they have to grade tests. It takes hours. And this is all done at home when they're not getting paid because they don't have the time to do it in school. Okay. So they work on weekends. They work during the summer. You don't get summers off when you're a teacher. You get part of the summer off. You have to still get your lesson plans ready. You have to go in weeks before school starts to get your classroom ready. You have to clean up a week or two after school ends to get your classroom so they can clean it over the summer. And this bastard is saying how they're lazy and they don't want to work. And Ah. you don't get that shit from the left. Like people will bitch about teachers. They don't say shit like that. So anyway, I'm yep. Sorry. yep. Okay. That, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. Um, not, not, uh, I, I know teachers, I'm a, I know many public school teachers in, in the UK, in, in America. And, uh, yeah, I, that's disgraceful. All right. So I have this week, my pick this week is, uh, our friend of the podcast, uh, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Um, been tweeting all week. He's been talking. So he's been talking about the moral, the collapse of Western society due to basically transgendered people and gay people. He says any society. This is he tweeted this. He says any society that isn't normatively based on heterosexual family formation is definitionally doomed to collapse. Pretending that society ought to be apathetic about such matters, or even worse, condemnatory of the presence of traditional norms, is civilizationally suicidal. Uh, he's <laughs> right. Did we, um, celebrating pride and violation of core norms means destroying those norms. That's the entire point of the exercise. And those with norms goes go a durable society. I mean, look, this has been the cry of fascist leaders throughout history, right? This is what the Nazis did. Uh, this is what Franco did. And this is what Mussolini did. This is what fascists in Britain do. Um, these moral preachers. Uh, fire and brimstone Christianist. Well, in 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 Shapiro, he's an Orthodox Jew, uh, talking about the kind of the the moral decline of of Western society, Western civilization. Um, th- this is how fascism is born, right? Because you then create deviants, you create others, you create people who uh, can be targeted for all the problems. You're laying the blame for the for everything wrong in society at the feet of the gays or the trans people, right? Um, and, you know, it's just lazy. It's just lazy. He can't even be bothered to sort of update the language, right? He's just basically taking it from, you know, preachers from the 19th century. I mean, it's it's Christ. dreadful, right? And I don't think this guy understands that. I mean, he probably does know the damage that he's doing, but just doesn't care. Well, he's smart enough to know, and he's definitely smart enough. Not he's de- He definitely knows, and he really doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he really, really doesn't Which care. makes it worse. Like, for yeah. some of them, it's just like they're ignorant enough. It's like, oh, God, you're such an ignorant shit. He's worse because he understands and he doesn't care. Right. And, which makes I mean, him a look, monster. I, I think I think there are reasonable debates to, to be had about some of the trans issues, right? Like, I'm not uh, 100% lockstep with some of the stuff on the left. Um, I think there are there are reasonable debates to be had. But what I don't think is reasonable is to make is to basically put particularly the trans community, which is minuscule, in the limelight and turn 
the entire that this is what the right wants to do they want to make everything about the trans movement all right or the protect or, or um lgbtq issues they want to turn all of, they have no leg to stand on for anything else the environment uh the economy uh nothing right they can't speak about any of that coherently right so what they do is they create an evil bad guy i mean this is what they do they just spend all their days tweeting about this stuff about the radical trans movement taking over America and sexualizing your kids. And, you know, look, this, this is, it's bullshit, right? It's A, it's bullshit. And B, it's your, all you're doing is making life for people's lives who are already, who already have very difficult lives, even worse. You know, it, it's the ultimate expression of, of punching down, right? This is, is bullying on a, on a sort of, on such an extreme level that, you know, you know, I don't even know how to combat this kind of stuff other than by saying, look, like you've got to sort of wage counter campaigns, right? You've got to kind of defund, you know, they're waging wars on target. Fine. Well, let's wage a war on uh, the Daily Wire. Let's go after advertisers. Uh, if they can do it, then so can we, right? Yeah, like, it's very disappointing that Target gave into that. Yeah, so I mean, but the, these pressure campaigns work, so then they're going to have to get a taste of their own medicine, right? That's, well, that's... wait, hold on. That's not true. Their pressure campaigns have never worked. It's very, it's very rare that an actual right-wing boycott worked. That was always a, that was like a running joke. Left-wing boycotts work mostly because when we take our money, they feel it. Right-wing boycotts generally didn't work. But that's not what they're doing anymore. It's not a boycott. What they're doing is actual terrorism. They were going in there and physically smashing stuff and physically uh, threatening employees. That's right. a very different thing. That's a very, very different thing. Now, well, you, well now I'm, you... I'm all for I'm all for uh, mounting a, 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 a serious campaign against a lot of these people engaged in this anti-trans stuff. Um, I think it's really, 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 really dangerous. And I think that, uh, you know, Elon Musk, Twitter is should be the first target. Take their, like, go after the advertising on Twitter. Because yeah, this guy... Twitter's got to go at this point. I mean, he's yeah. really turned it into just a right-wing mouthpiece. And... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, look, like, anyway, that's, all, the blue that's checks. Most... all the blue checks. It's just the... at the very top comments, it's always just trash. Yeah, it's horrible. Twitter is just generally a disgusting place to be. I really, every time I log on, I'm like, this place is horrific. Um, but look, I think that's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end that, the show on that lovely note. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see you next week. Adios.